0: now listening to the dad rules podcast with your hosts mario e and kid
1: welcome back everybody to another episode of the dad rules podcast where we help you dad better i'm one of your hosts mario e and kid what's going on not much man just glad to be back at the drp let's go let's do it all right so today's topic is going to be two wrongs don't make a right. I think that's pretty self-explanatory. I think most of us have heard that expression before, that saying. But kid, let's let's start us off. Yeah. Um I think about two wrongs making a right as a father,
0: um don't make a right. Mm. Kid messes up, kid gets punishment. Ah. Uh, <laughs> so so, I mean, okay, that's, that's one wrong, but you know, we can be wrong too if we make that punishment too harsh. Uh, and that, that can be in the heat of the moment, man, you can, you can divvy out some harsh, harsh punishments. Um, kid comes home 15 minutes late from curfew. Six months, you're not going nowhere, you staying here. And you like hot, and you you've already said what the punishment is, and then it's like after you cool down, you like probably should have did two weeks, and now you kind of got to stick to your punishment because you got to stick to your guns. On, I was yeah. serious about what I said, and y'all might have had a all whole argument about it. Well, six months is too harsh. Well, I said what I said, and I'm not gonna change it. You not don't say nothing else to me about it. You know. Yeah. And then you have to go back and change that punishment and standing on that decision. I don't know why I thought about that. I don't know why that's the first thing I thought about, but yeah. Cause the parent was not necessarily so wrong, but they just were just wrong in that decision-making. They didn't make the best decision. Um, I guess my advice and Jonah hasn't gotten to that teenage, teenager age frame yet, but. I'll I'll use something that I used in coaching. I had a 24 hour policy when I was coach. So you know, when you're coaching, you got to give kids playing time. And no matter how bad you want to play, everybody, everybody's not going to play every minute of every game. And when that mm-hmm. happens, you have parents that are unhappy or upset with you because they thought their child should have got more playing time. If I could play everybody for the same amount of time, I would. But right you know, in those situations, you're on a basketball team, you got 15 players, you seven, five in, five out, probably about five kids is not really gonna get playing time, but they wanted to be on the team. So you make sacrifices to kind of keep them out the streets, have them something that they can do every day, you know, positive, make a change in their lives. So that's why we care so many people, or why we used to care to so many people. Um, but I had a 24 hour policy that if anybody had an issue or wanted to talk to me, I do not talk to you right after games. If you come to me after a game and I made that clear at the beginning, I will not talk to you. I have a 24 hour policy, 24 hours, you know, starting the next day or I preferably if the game started at six, then I wouldn't talk to nobody until after six the next day or whatever, which would probably be around after practice the next Mm day. It gives everybody some time to really cool down, think about what, whatever or whatever, and then you don't get into a conversation and say some things that you didn't mean. Everybody's coming into the conversation or the discussion with a level head. So. Yeah,
1: cooler
2: heads.
0: Yeah, you know you have to, Correct your kids when they've done wrong, but if it's something serious and I feel like that Jonah needs a punishment for um I would like to think that I could wait twenty four hours before I really make a full decision um Now, Jonah's younger now, so that time frame is a lot shorter um if he's misbehaving or something like that, and I bought some new toys or something for him the other day. And he gets upset and he, you know how kids have a little tantrums or whatever. And he's having that tantrum. I'll just like take the toy and just say, look, until you get yourself together, you won't be playing with this anymore. And that I've had a lot of success with that. Kind of gets his attention, let mm-hmm. him know. And I've talked to him like, man to man type of conversation, like, Your mother and I do a lot for you that we don't have to do. We have to clothe you. We have to feed you. We have to give you shelter. An iPad is not within that. Toys don't come within that. You know, going to the beach, going to the pool, going to the playground today, doesn't come with that. Those are all privileges that you get. Yeah. You don't have to have those things to live, okay? So that's kind of how I talk to him. I just say, hey man, look, this stuff can be taken away. And surprisingly, I've been getting, you know, pretty good response um, with him when I talk to him like that. So. I guess like making another wrong in my decision-making, I try and avoid that as much as I can. Um, but yeah. I don't know. That's why I kind of, my mind went to that. What are you, what you thinking about? What you think about with two wrongs don't make a right? Yeah, first,
1: first thing I thought about was as a kid, I remember my mom always talking about don't do evil for evil. Mm -hmm. that's what she would always tell me and my sister right and and a lot of times that came in the context of you know my sister does something to me and I got to get her back or you know or vice versa I do something to her sneakily and she got to get me back and so that's 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 the first thing I thought about when I think about two wrongs don't make a right And I I think about, you know, getting back, getting even with someone, right? And it kind of made me think, you know, so why, why is it that we feel the need sometimes when people wrong us, that we have to do wrong back to them? Why do we feel the need for, to get even, to get revenge, to get retaliation? And I was thinking about it. And it was, I think it's one of those things that unfortunately, you know, sometimes doing the wrong thing, a lot of times doing the wrong things just feels good. And Mm -hmm. I think that's why we do it. You know, when you when you get hurt, and to see is a certain, sometimes it can be like a certain level of yeah, that's what I'm talking about. You know, when you get somebody back or they get their payback or whatever in some other way. But that's not necessarily the way we should be, right? And I, I just think that's that that's the first thing I thought about, right? That's that's honestly the, the first thing that I thought about. Um but yeah, you know, I can remember my, my mom telling me all the time, you know, not doing evil for evil. You know, if someone does you wrong, you don't you don't necessarily have to do them wrong. But, you know, what you were talking about, I hadn't really thought about it from that perspective. Uh, But as a parent, what my wife and I tend to do is when our child, one of our kids, you know, at the time when when we had to discipline them, we would always, not always, but we had started to, we started this thing where we would talk about it first. Yeah. Like instead of just immediately doing something or immediately saying something, what we would do is we'd say, okay, you know, me and your mom are gonna talk about it, or she'd say, me and your dad are gonna talk about it, and then we're gonna tell you what's what's gonna come of it or whatever. And that that has been that that works for us because there had there were times when maybe she would immediately say something and I maybe wanted to go a little tougher or a little lighter. You know, but you got to kind of stick with it in some situations because you kind of put it out there. But I think that, you know, that communication key piece is key between parents to, you know, like you said, your 24-hour rule. We didn't have ours like some hard, fast 24 hours and we're going to let you know what your punishment is going to be, son or daughter. But we would kind of all, we my wife and I, we would kind of get together and say, okay, they did this. They need to learn from it. What should we do? You know, what what kind of extra chores should they have, or what should we take away, or what have you, or what fun activity should we not do this time because you know, as as uh, as some type of corrective measure so that they won't do that again. But uh, we we would typically come to come to some type of agreement with that after a couple of hours or so, you know, kind of kicking it around. But you know, like I said, first. First couple of times and it happens, yeah, you you got to kind of stand on that because you said, you know, that and you, you know, two weeks may be too harsh for some punishment, you know? But uh, yeah, and like you said, you kind of wrong for jumping out there and yeah, but that's, that's something that, something that my wife and I, we, we definitely had to do too.
0: Yeah.
1: And it's like- Kind of talk about it first.
0: I, I, I thought about what you said too. And you were saying like, basically hurt people hurt people. Um. So when somebody hurts mm-hmm. you, it's like you want them to feel that same pain that you felt, and um, just being honest, right. it could be it could be uh satisfying. I can't say sit here and say it's not satisfying yeah. when somebody gets what they deserve. But you know, I've over the years, I've just taken time and just prayed for those people and just said, you know, hey God, um, exactly. just let them not in a bad way, get what's coming to them, but let what needs to happen to them for them to become a better person. And I prayed that prayer plenty of times and it really does, it, it helps. And people, they really get to learn their lesson sometimes and you you actually get to see it yeah. a lot of times too. And um, that's something that we definitely can practice and and look forward to, take your hands off of it. You don't have to um, be the one to inflict that pain on somebody or you don't have to try and make them feel bad about what they did. Take it out of your hands and, and let and let somebody else handle that. You know, you don't have to handle yeah. it. Let, let the yeah. chips fall where I, they fall.
1: Yeah, I pray to, you know, help me love people more I have prayed, you know, after after somebody has wronged me. That's what I'm talking about, right? I pray to, you know, help me love somebody more. I pray God's mercy on people, uh, His His mercy and, and grace on people, because you know why? Because we all mess up, and uh, we want that same, you know, grace extended to us. And you know, it's one of the things that I've seen it, it, it you know, where I work. I know I've said before, you know, I work in HR and a lot of times people, it's so funny that people will come to me and they'll say, hey, I want to, I want to terminate this person. I want to fire this person, you know, okay. And you start asking the question, well, what did they do? And then they start to tell you what they do and all that stuff. Sometimes, you know, it's, it you you have to terminate people because they broke a policy or broke something or, or did something or they've given, been given multiple warnings or whatever, right? Yeah. And then other times you when I'm talking to managers, it's like they want to jump out and throw the book at somebody mm-hmm. and, and do the worst possible thing. And sometimes you have to kind of bring it to perspective. And I'm like, OK, I understand you want to do this, but think about it. What if you made the same simple mistake? Aren't you going to want someone to kind of, you know throw you a lifeline here or kind of, you know, just give you some coaching. And so, you know, a lot of times, you know, like I said, when people have wronged me, you know, it, yeah. You know, there's a certain part of you, sometimes you're like, man, I want them to get everything coming to them. But then you just like, man, I just, I I pray, I pray God's mercy on you. I pray pray his grace on you. I love you. Help me to love you better, Lord, you know? And you know, it's, that takes a certain level of, a certain level of thinking is because to, to, to most people, it sounds crazy. Why would you do that? that? But it it definitely takes a certain level of thinking. It's not easy. No, it's not, not at all. But yeah, man, you gotta, you gotta do that sometimes you do. You really do. Cause you want that same, you want that same consideration when you mess up, you know, when you do a wrong, you want someone to say, you know, you're forgiven or, okay, well, we're not going to, you know, send you to jail or we're not gonna fire you or we're not going to, you know, do this. You want that same type of, okay, thank you. Thank you for giving me another shot, you know? And And sometimes we, you gotta give other people another shot.
0: Yeah, and just like you exercise grace on your job with other people, we have to exercise grace with our kids. Even though they make us so upset or they did something, Um, Sometimes it doesn't have to be an actual punishment. It it just needs to be a good talking to, a good conversation. And Mm -hmm. through conversing back and forth with each other, you can kind of get a deeper understanding and helps you and your child to get on the same page. And also it helps to build your relationship. It's like, man, dad kept me some slack that time. You know what I'm saying, but he told me if I do it again, the hammer's coming down. <laughs> yeah.
2: Know? So, yeah.
0: Um, I think that's that's needed, and uh, we talked about earlier, you know, before we got on, talk about the need of a good cop and bad cop in the relationship, and my wife helps to helps me with, me with that a lot you know, when it comes time for, you know, going too far on things or maybe giving too much of a harsh punishment, you know, she's there to, you know, help me or steer me in the right direction with saying, hey, you know, maybe we ought to do this or maybe we ought to do that, or, you know, that was might've been a little too rough or too harsh or whatever. And it really kind of helped you kind of to check yourself and say, yeah, You know, was I, I might've been, if she said that, then I was, you know? And I think about too, a lot of, you know, I know we're in the home with our kids and some fathers are not able to be in the same home with their kids and, you know, they may um, have the mother, their children may live with the mother of their uh, children and, a lot of times it's, it's drama in those situations. Um, not all, but you know, you do hear a lot of stories about quote unquote, baby mama drama and everything. And it's real. women and men are wrong at times. Women and men are right at times. Um, I think we need to stop focus, so, focusing so much on who's right or who's wrong. And just make our decisions based on the well-being of the child. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think a lot of relationships. I'm just gonna say this: a lot of relationships have gotten uh, messed up simply because of the need to be right. Yep, your need to be right, like, is so high on. It's so high on your list of things that you have to be that it is ruin your relationship with your significant other, with your baby's mother or your uh, child's father, and you can't. It could come ruin together. it with your kids too. Yeah, <laughs> and then you can't come together and really co-parent like y'all could because you so focus on being right all the time. Mm-hmm. And in all actuality, it's not about being right. It's just about doing the right thing. Right. And if if both parties can focus on that and take your personal feelings out of the mix and just do what's right for the child, but you know, children get used as pawns and you know, You don't do this, you're not going to be able to see them. You don't do this, you're not going to do this. So I'm not going to let you do this. And It's just about control. So that control and the need to be right, all that stuff, man, it's poison for relationships. And believe it or not, you have a child with somebody, that relationship that you all have is still important. You still have a relationship. Y'all might not be in a romantic relationship anymore, but you still have a relationship with them. You're going to have a relationship with them for the rest of your life. That's right. Because of the life that you all have created. So I don't know. This is how I feel about it. And in, in a lot of these situations, the kids need to go first and, and they're not being put first. It's being selfish in your decision making.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. You said you said a lot of good things there. You know, you said a lot of good things there. Um one other thing that I was going to touch on. That I thought about as it relates to this was
2: our kids are very
1: impressionable at a very young age.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And we all have different values and different uh, uh norms and things that we that we think are important, yeah. And I think about the same, you know, you know, when when your kids say something like, you know, well, I want to do this, and and Billy's doing it. And, you know, you heard, well, Billy jumped off the bridge, you're gonna do it too. Right. You know, yeah. we've all kind of heard, you know, those types of expressions, right? But I want to kind of take it from, from the lens of, you know, two wrongs don't make a right. That just because two people or two or more people or one or more people is saying something that doesn't make it the right thing to do. That doesn't make it the truth. Yeah. Right. So we live we just live in a time now where, you know, people you can say and do whatever, and you can feel however you feel about various topics. Okay. Various topics. And we just need to, you know, instill those values in our kids. To where sometimes you may you may be out on an island seemingly, you know, about how you feel about certain things. You're really not, but you know, it's uh but just because two people are doing the wrong thing, that doesn't make it right either.
2: Yeah. You know,
1: two people over here are, you know, selling crack, that doesn't mean you're supposed to go out and sell crack. Yeah. You know? So it's it's you know it's it's like that too. You know, it's not always you know, when you think about two wrongs don't make a right, it's not always about, <clears throat> you know, retaliation or getting even with someone. It's also just because people are doing wrong, that doesn't mean you're you're supposed to go out and do wrong either. Yeah, absolutely,
0: absolutely. And if you made me think of a point too, don't take up for your kids when they're in the wrong. Uh, my aunt, well, she's passed on now, but, I remember a saying that she had and she used to say it all the time. She would say, if you're wrong, you're wrong. And it just stuck with me because she's basically saying, I don't care how much I love you. I don't care how close we are. If you're wrong, then you just wrong. And I'm not going to take up for you when you're wrong. And I have an experience with um, a kid where the kid was blatantly disrespectful to an an adult and the parent got called into a conference and pretty much, as soon as the parent came into the door, they started taking up for the child. Without gathering the facts? How you know it? Yes, without, (laughs) and to me, I just know kids are kids, right? I know kids are kids, man. And like if, if Jonah, if somebody said Jonah says something, it's like, okay, let me figure out everything first. But when you come into the door and you automatically take it up for a child and you don't even know everything that was said or everything that's going on, I'm saying in your mind, in your subconscious mind, you already know that they said it. Because if I really felt like that Joe didn't say something, I'm like, okay, give me all the facts. Give me all the hearsay or whatever, to what was said so I can make come to a decision myself. But you come in, you already on the defensive. And she took up form. And when I say that this this young man had the hardest time going through life after that, just because you taking up form in the wrong, so the disrespect doesn't stop. This disrespect is here now. And then the next place he went, there was disrespect there. Cause you hear all this stuff, right? And then the next place it was disrespect there. And it's like, when do you learn? When do you learn that you're not hurting the people that your child or you are disrespecting, but you're hurting your child because the child, all of these moments were learning points. They were times that you could teach them and help them become a better, man a better person a better human being in society and you just bypass all of them simply because you have the need to be right and you gonna tell somebody off or you gonna give somebody a piece of your mind and because of that your child suffers yeah
1: that's unfortunate
0: Yeah, and it's it's great heights that this child could have really reached. And all of that stuff was taken from him simply because of disrespect and that pattern of disrespect went on and on. And I thought of leaving a little bit deeper. I said, he's disrespecting her. He's disrespecting her at home. Cause you can just tell, you can tell. Cause it wasn't a shock. When you say that somebody says something and there's not a shot, like, what? Are you serious? You said that? <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm saying? That's yeah. how you are when you hear something about, if I heard that Jonah says something crazy to an adult, I would first look at him like, you said that? Yeah. But you automatically go and start defending. You've heard that, I before.
1: Yeah. You trying to justify that. That's, yeah. that's what it is. Like it's, yeah. it's almost like you're trying to justify it. Yeah. And that only hurts the child at the yeah. end of the day, that only hurts the child because you haven't, what you haven't held them accountable. I see this so many times. Right. And I'm not going to call the name and intentionally, I'm not going to call the name, but I sent you something, uh, not too long ago. I don't know if you responded to it or not, mm-hmm. but there was a certain situation that happened and uh, in out in the, in the sports world. And it was a certain person who had tested positive for something. Mm-hmm. I think, you know, who, who it is I'm talking about? I'm not going, we, we ain't got go to go, but I just remember we reading some of the posts and it was just so much of a back and forth between so many of our people who some were like, you know, this person needs to be held accountable because the rules are the rules. And then you had another set of people who seemingly were wanting to say that shouldn't even be a rule anyway. Yeah. Just and worry. yeah, and it's just like, okay, let's just get down to the meat of it. Okay. Whether if this substance should be legal or not, that's a it's that's a that's one discussion. The discussion that people were having was, you know, uh this person violated a rule and you need to be held accountable for breaking that rule. That doesn't mean that you put this person out on the island and you don't love that person anymore and you don't put your arms around them and say, hey, you got another shot, you know, next year or four years from now to, to get back. You know, you still love them and all that stuff, but, and, and true enough, you know, we all make mistakes. Like we we like said, we were talking about here, you know, we've all done some type of wrong, right? Yeah. but. There's a certain level, like to what you're saying, there's a certain level of accountability that you need to make sure that you have that, you know, hey, if you do something wrong, there's a certain certain level certain level of accountability that needs to be had as a parent that you need to say, hey, child, I love you. But we, you know, you still need to be held accountable. I don't I don't necessarily get joy out of disciplining my son or my daughter.
0: No, you know, not
1: at all. I know you don't get some type of like joy over disciplining your your your, your, your son. Man. I don't get joy in having to suspend people or having to terminate people, but it's a level of accountability that you need to have. Yeah. And without that accountability, then we're not teaching them anything. You, we're teaching them you can do whatever you want with no repercussions and nothing's ever going to happen to you. And you get, what do you get out of that? Lawlessness. And nobody wants that. Yep. And nothing is never
0: your fault. When you take accountability out, then nothing is ever your fault. It's always somebody else. And I don't know what y'all think, but in order to raise men, accountability is the number one thing. This boy, like I'm speaking on my son, this boy one day is going to be a father. He's gonna be the head of household. So as a child, I have to teach him accountability. One, -hmm. if you did something wrong, admit that you were wrong. You can move past it. We can get past this. This is not the end of the world. Admit that you're wrong. Take accountability for your actions. Because what if he gets older and he's not accountable in the home as a leader? You're not accountable with your wife, you're not accountable with your kids, you're not accountable at your job, you're not accountable with paying your bills. Yeah, I, I see now that one issue growing up creates a ton of issues later. Yeah. Yep. They they picking with me, they messing with me. It's it's them. They don't, man, I don't cater to that mess. That stuff is poison. Yeah is poisoning our young men growing up. And if we don't hold them accountable as fathers, then who's gonna hold them accountable? And we can't depend on the mothers to do that. We can't. And that's not saying that mothers aren't doing that, but I'm just talking about as fathers, it is our job to hold our boys accountable. And we have to do the same thing with our daughters, but I'm talking about, fathers and sons and sons being future leaders of the household, your accountability- dads. Yeah, your yeah. accountability needs to be number one. Yeah.
2: Yeah, but yep. some people just don't feel the way I feel, I guess, but it is what it is. Um, yep. You got
0: anything else on the topic? No, sir. All right, well, let's go on to the um, Ask the Dad segment of the podcast, Um, and today we're going to be talking about bullying and your views on bullying and how do we handle this as a parent? What are the conversations that we have to our, you know, sons and daughters about bullying, if they're being bullied? And I also would like to take a look at, what if they're the ones
2: being the bully? Hmm.
0: So, what's your question? Say it again. I'm sorry. We're looking at bullying, okay? Right. And what conversations do we need to have about our kids concerning bullying issues at school or anything like that? How do we give them a heads up as fathers? You want me to take it, or you?
1: No, no, no. I I can start. So, one of the things I think about with with bullying is, and you know. Nowadays, what I've seen is that bullying is as is, is easily more recognizable yeah. than it used to be. So I think our kids have a good idea of what bullying is now, yeah. as opposed to what it was when you and I were their ages. Uh, and I think it's a whole lot less socially acceptable now uh, uh-huh. than what it was, I mean, I mean, I can remember times where now you look back on it and wow, you know, I might have been part of bullying someone else. And there were times when I could look back and say, I probably was bullied in this situation. Yeah. You know, to a degree. And it was, it's like, it's so weird because now it's like people understand more of what it is and people are more apt to call it out. Yeah. And I think, uh. You know, it's it's one of those things where you know things happen and things progress, and, and I think that's definitely a good thing that you know uh, that has happened in our society. Um, but I definitely teach my kids, you know, not to bully. Um, of course, you know, but because otherwise, you know, you become an adult that bullies, and that that is I've, awesome. I've seen that so many different times, you know, and I've seen parents. You know, I seen this this Facebook post the other day and it said something like, don't be your child's first bully. I was like, mm. wow, that's crazy. Don't yeah. be your child's first bully. So you have to definitely, you know, be careful with your kids of, you know, uh, you know, making sure you're not spazzing on them and all this crazy stuff, you know, yeah. which can be easy to do sometimes. But yeah, I mean, it's. It's just something to me that when I think about bullying, I just think about it's not how it was when we were coming up. And I'm glad of that. Um, but it's definitely something that, you know, I think a lot of times now kids do a good job of policing it themselves a lot better than what we did coming yeah. up. But that's not to say the kids don't get bullied nowadays, because they still do. The kids still get bullied. And it's just um, it's just teaching your kids to to be careful what they say and how they treat people and treat people with kindness and respect.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I think we all have experiences with bullies uh, from one time or another. and I can remember us having a um, neighborhood bully and, you know, he would just kind of, he never put his hands on anybody, but he was just like, always saying crazy stuff and like trying to scare everybody or whatever. And then that one day, that glorious day that, you know, when the bully gets beat up by (laughs) by one of the kids is just getting tired of it, you know, and that happened and that helps. But, you know, I think we all, like I said, have experiences with, you know, possibly have been bullied, maybe not as harsh as some people, and we all have experiences with probably teasing someone and you didn't really think that you were bullying, but you might have been bullying as well. Um so, you know, I don't I don't know. I, I think I think as far as being a parent now, I think as a kid, you just need to know that you could tell your parents or you could tell you know, an older brother or a sister, or you could tell someone at your school, like a teacher or an administrator or something like that, you could tell, but you know, it comes, there's some pains that come with that too, because you tell a teacher and then the teacher gets on that kid and then they come back in because kids don't really take lightly to that, especially bullies, you telling on me. Um, so then you get to the point where it's like, it's just better just to handle it yourself. And I think back in the day, that's kind of how stuff got handled. It's just you like, whatever, I'm not gonna take this no more. And once you mm-hmm. stand up to the bully, then the bully doesn't bully you anymore. The bully gets bullied. Um, But I guess as far as like with Jonah, I want her to be able to protect himself. Um, But I definitely, We'll have those talks with him to let him know that you can always tell me anything. I want to have that line of communication open. Where he can come and talk to me if something's bothering him, if somebody's bothering him, or teasing him or whatever, he that he can feel comfortable with come to me and getting advice or talking to me about it. You know, hopefully nothing like that ever happens to him. But I want him to know that he can talk to me because it's just there's been kids in the past that have been bullied, you know, so bad and they felt like they didn't have anybody to talk to or nobody would help. And in some cases they've taken their lives. So yep. you, know, you hate to think about child feeling like no one is there to help them or nobody's there for them. So I think all of us as fathers, we need to have an open line of communication with our kids and you kind of know your kids. You can kind of tell when their attitude is off or anything like that. And I feel like that that's where you know the daily check-ins come in. You know, I was getting know. ready to say the same thing. Yeah, kind of, kind of ask your kids some questions. You know, don't don't annoy them too much. But you know, how was today at school? You know, how's things going? How are your classes going? You know, just asking little questions, digging a little bit, um, mm-hmm. check their mental. You know see how they're doing. And kids, they'll they'll open up to you when they feel comfortable. So early right. on, it's very important to establish a relationship with your kids where they feel like they're comfortable with talking to you, you know? That's right. They might not want to hear, if you if you lose, then you gonna, I'm gonna get you when you get here. They might not want to hear that. You got to know how your kids yeah. are built, man. And, yeah. and take that under consideration. But yeah. yeah.
1: I think another thing to just to add to that, you you definitely have to keep the lines of communication open. Thing I would add would be you have to uh, teach your kids to have their voice, to have their own voice, to be able to stand up to someone and say, no, you're, you're not going to talk to me that kind of way. You're not going to put your hands on me in that type of way. You know, you have to instill in them at an early age as well to be able to recognize those those cues and those signs when somebody is bullying you. Or if someone's doing something that you just don't like. You know, it could be, I mean, we 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 call it bullying, but it could just be a simple teasing. If somebody's teasing you and it's some some people that that's considered that's maybe a light form of bullying, right? Yeah. But if you don't like it, say, so, hey, don't talk to me that way. You know, don't tease me about, you know, you know, my ears being too big. I don't like <laughs> that, you know? Yeah. Check them when they, when they do do that, you know. So yeah, that's um that that's something that too you I feel like you have to do. You have to teach your kids to find their voice to be able to stand up to any type of injustice. So whether it's against them or somebody else, you know. Because what 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 makes me happy is you know times when I've seen it where you know a kid is getting bullied, but then you have another kid stepping in saying, "No, stop." You're not yeah. gonna do that, you know. That's beautiful. I think that's very honorable and commendable of that kid. That kid has found his voice, his or her voice, to where it's not. No, it's not happening to me. But I'm gonna stop you from doing that to somebody else too. And I, I yeah. find that to be very commendable by by some kids. Yeah. When they do that. Got any other thoughts? No,
0: I don't all right we thank you guys for listening to the dad rules podcast with mario e and kid and right now guys we're signing out see you next time thank you for listening to the dad rules podcast with your host mario e and kid don't forget to like comment and subscribe to our youtube channel also follow and like us on facebook and instagram you can find our podcast on spotify apple Podcasts, google podcasts, podcast podcast addict breaker and player fm till next time